today, President Trump will send in federal law enforcement to Kenosha after rioter fatalities. And CNN finally thinks riots are bad because, you know, polls and stuff. We've got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by... Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is no longer, by the way, a candidate for the GOP party of Texas. He is the chairman yeah, of you. the GOP. Oh, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Texas. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, we we were so, so thankful to see you uh, to see you in and really anxious to see what you do with it because because uh, yes. we need you there right now. You got me. Which I'm sure you've noticed. So. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also joined by Chief Researcher of the Glenn Beck Program, Jason Buttrell. Thank you for being here uh, uh, as well. And by the way, he did a lot of the uh, a lot of the work for Glenn's special that is coming up tonight. That is a <sighs> must watch for everyone, I think. But specifically, if you have children uh, who are going to school, it is a must watch for you. This show, when we've done a lot of freaky stuff. This show freaked me out the most because yeah. it's targeting kids, yeah. preschool to 12th grade. And when you see what they're teaching these kids, oh my gosh, I have my son in my home office. I moved his on, uh, virtual learning right next to me. Which, by the way, your son is how old? <laughs> he's a freshman in high school. Yeah, he's, he's not a young one. Jason's he's still like, yeah, you're right by me so that uh, I can see what your <laughs> teachers are doing. Uh, that's 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. All right, so President Trump uh, just said earlier this afternoon that he will send federal law enforcement and the National Guard to Kenosha, Wisconsin to restore law and order. Uh, after several days of unrest in the city and a night of uh, fat- uh, several fatalities on the ground, he tweeted out, we will not stand for looting, arson, violence, and lawlessness on American streets. My team just got off the phone with Governor Evers, who agreed to accept federal assistance, and then put in parentheses, Portland should do the same. He said, today I will be sending federal law enforcement and the National Guard to Kenosha, Wisconsin, to restore law and order. Now, uh, just to kind of give some context to this, overnight it got really bad. I'm sure both of you saw uh, there were all of these riots. They were looting businesses. They were burning uh, not just buildings, but cars, plenty of private property over the shooting of a black man, Jacob Blake, uh, who is currently paralyzed. And uh, since then, we've had Elijah Schaefer, who is, of course, with Blaze TV. He hosts Slightly Offensive with Blaze TV. He's honestly the craziest person I know um, because he's down there in the middle of everything. Saw one of the fatalities happen right in front of him where a man was shot in the head. Uh, Now, he actually interviewed the alleged shooter who has been taken into custody. He's a 17-year-old and he has been charged with intentional homicide. Uh, But here is the video of Elijah Schaefer interviewing uh, the alleged shooter and the shooter explaining uh, that they were they had live rounds and they were there to protect the businesses watch we're protecting from the citizens and I just got pepper sprayed by a person in the crowd so you had non-lethal but you, you didn't respond we don't have non-lethal so you guys are full on ready to defend the property yes we are no if I can ask can you guys step back medical EMS right here I'm an EMT I'm uh, you guys 
Now, there apparently was a conflict uh, that occurred when the first fatality happened. There was a conflict that occurred at a car lot. Uh, the details are unclear, according to Elijah right now, but we do know that there was an altercation and uh, he shot, allegedly shot a man in the head. And then he, when he went to go, uh, he apparently was going to go surrender to police. And on his way to do that, he was uh, attacked by the rioters. They tried to chase him down. And this is what happened. Those of you listening on podcast, he is running away from rioters who are approaching him. He trips and falls and they still approach him. And you can see him shooting off some shots there uh, at the people who are approaching him. He's screaming for a medic and continues uh, walking away. So um, that's good. So interesting to see how this plays out, uh, Colonel, but I just... It gets more and more depressing every day seeing this happen. Well, it does, but it comes back to one of the major things with this election cycle. Either it's the rule of the law or the rule of the mob. Mm. And when you're talking about defunding police and taking police off the streets, then citizens have to be able to go out and defend and protect themselves. And that's what's going to end up happening. We knew that that was going to happen. Think about what just, you know, about three weeks ago in Austin, Texas, where the person, the Antifa Black Lives Matter protester with an AK-47 goes up to someone's car and starts pointing the weapon and banging on the car. Well, guess what? That was a soldier inside. Mm-hmm. And guess what we're trained to do, right? Mm-hmm. He defended himself. Yeah. And he went and turned himself in. So uh, this is the end result of this lawlessness out there. And what I noticed last week at the DNC convention, not a single person condemned the violence and the chaos right. on the streets. Mm-hmm. They own this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that you're going to see the ramifications thereof at the, uh, at the ballot box. Do you think they're going to have a hard time proving, I mean, obviously we have a lot of details that have yet to emerge in this, but just, just looking at that video where this man is trying to leave the scene to go to the officers mm-hmm. and he's getting chased. I mean, I'm thinking, I, I'm probably not putting myself in that position at the beginning of it, but I'm thinking if that's me and I have a weapon and people are approaching me the way that these people are approaching me, I'm just defending myself. I, it's hard for me to understand how you could how you could charge him right away with intentional homicide. There was no intent there. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is one of those situations. He's defending himself. And the only thing I can think of, if he is a legal law abiding gun owning citizen, well, then what? There's there's no there there. Yeah. If someone was chasing me down the street and I'm armed, I have every right to defend myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it was six or seven of them against him. Right, right, Jason. Th- this really concerns me because a lot of us were saying when this was breaking out in coastal areas, wait until they move into the suburban areas. Mm-hmm. Wait until they move into flyover country. Mm-hmm. It's going to get bad. And what the and what the colonel was pointing out was that the Democrats. I remember there was a one. I think it was a Senate committee where Ted Cruz was asking everyone, "Look, right now on camera, I'm giving the opportunity to ne- to denounce the violence and not the protests, but the mm-hmm. riots. Mm-hmm. Just do it. None of them would do it. Mm-hmm. So they feel like they have full reign to just full on anarchy yeah. in some mm-hmm. of these places. Mm-hmm. You move into some of these areas, places like Texas, places like Wisconsin. They're not going to play around. And we're not even, we're, this was like a 17 year old kid. We're not even talking about actual professionals, yeah. you know, military men mm-hmm. that have retired and are now out and actually know how to do something. Um, I pray it never comes to that. 
But if you continue to let lawlessness abound, that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I, I would say I'm probably a libertarian at heart. Um, I'm definitely a constitutional conservative. I will. I it. It feels weird to say the word federalize for anything, but I am to the point to where look, our system is built in the right way. It goes. You let the local police department handle it. Yeah. If they can't do it, then it goes up the chain. Then it eventually goes to the governor calling the national guard. Mm -hmm. But then, if the governor refuses to do that, if the local police department, and the mayors, they're not doing their job. The president needs to federalize the National Guard and send them in. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. Mm -hmm. He needs to do that. And Kenosha is getting there. Yeah. They are getting there. I, I liked what the president said in that tweet, but I hope he puts up here and actually does it. But anywhere else where this happens, look, these mayors are on call. These uh, governors are on call. We'll give you your shot. You know, take care of it at the local level. That's the way a federal system works. Yeah. You do it. But if you can't, the federal government's stepping in. And I absolutely agree with you, Colonel. I think that there are going to be ramifications of the polls for this. Yeah. Absolutely. They they have abdicated. You know, you talk about the mayors of Portland, Seattle, wherever. They have abdicated their roles and responsibilities. So it has to go up to the next level. And then you look at the governor of Oregon. You look at the governor of Washington. They have abdicated. So it has to naturally progress that way. But what I remember is Gerald Nadler who is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, who infamously said Antifa is a myth. Yeah. Yeah. Th th that's, very, that's very damning. Yeah. Well, it, it, was, it was disheartening for me because I went to bed last night and I, I saw that Elijah had just reported that they were hearing police chatter about uh, armed militia, mem you know, people, citizens moving into uh, the downtown area where all of the civil unrest was happening. And I turned to my husband and I said, watch, mm -hmm. this is going to turn bad. There's someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get hurt. And the unfortunate part is all the mainstream media is going to then put the finger on all of these people who are trying to defend private property, who mm -hmm. are trying to protect citizens, who are trying to protect businesses from being burned to the ground. And sure enough, we wake up in the morning and that's exactly what's happened. And I see terms like white supremacists being thrown out. Mm -hmm. And I see the Washington Post uh, putting out headlines that, uh, you, know, you know, as if all of these protests were just peaceful. Here's uh, Elijah's tweet. Washington Post dishonestly calls these people protesters. At the time of being shot, they were destroying cars with metal bats, hammers, and boulders. They were openly rioting, vandalizing, and WAPO intentionally lies to the public. And again, this is someone who is there. He's capturing this footage. These people are not protesters. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask yourself, I mean, I, my heart goes out to these people's families who have just died. But what do you expect? What is your expectation when you go onto someone else's private property and start beating the crap out of their stuff? What, what, is, what is your expectation? What is, the, what is the end result that you think is going to happen? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, I think they actually know what the end result is. Um, I, I think that they, I mean, we, we've talked about this on this network before. There's a lot of radicals behind the scenes that are pushing uh, these people to escalate. But you think that the people on the ground know? I, I mean, I, I would think, like, I'm thinking uh, I know cause and effect and I'm a, like, grown-ass woman, so I understand what could happen. But I, I keep wondering, like, are, do you guys, are, are, you, are you here? Are you living on planet Earth? Do you understand the ramifications of what you're doing? Yeah, it's, 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 really, it's, it's really hard to say. I know there's a lot of anarchists out there that, this, that they want escalation. They want this to get out of control. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of other people that are just 
naive and oblivious and they're going out there and they they see that you know this hasn't nothing's happened to uh, them uh, in portland right nothing happened to them in seattle that's my point yeah all of us all of us here are parents mm -hmm. and this is the kid throwing the tantrum metaphor yeah when the kid throws the tantrum in the grocery store you better take action then if you don't if you try to compromise appease and negotiate with the kid the kid will continue to throw the tantrum. We didn't stop it in Portland, didn't stop it in Seattle. We're not stopping at any of these other places. And so they continue to act with impunity like, I triple dog dare you. Mm -hmm. the, the fellow that was down in Austin, just before he was shot, you know, there was a, a videotape of him, you know, calling people a certain name because he said, they're not gonna do anything to me. Right. And then what did he end up, you know, doing? Yeah. And he lost his life because of it. Mm -hmm. So you can push people only so far. And uh, I think that the left is have to will have to be very careful about this. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the left being very careful about this, coming up next, we've got uh, CNN, none other than Fredo himself and uh, Don Lamont in a conversation <laughs> about how we now all of a sudden they want to pay attention to the riots and the fact that they're bad. Uh, you'll never guess why. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Omega XL. So if you are one of many Americans who you just maybe you live in pain, maybe it's your back, you got knee problems, neck problems, shoulder problems, whatever the pain pain is the underlying cause is usually inflammation and you usually have to actually treat and defeat the inflammation or not only does your pain not go away but it can just cause permanent damage. Omega XL is backed by 35 years of clinical research and it attacks the inflammation that is actually causing your pain. By the way, I know this from personal experience. I was in a car accident in 2013, messed up a bunch of discs in my back. It that's it's not ideal. It's not something I suggest that anyone goes out and does. Uh, but I know what it's like to live in constant pain and then you think like, "Oh, well, I'll just rub icy hot on it and that's awesome for 20 minutes and then it goes away omega xl actually neutralizes the inflammation that causes these painful stiff joints and muscles you got to try it if you're in pain uh, let me tell you it's just life-changing it changes your entire outlook on life when you wake up and you're not just in pain all freaking day let's get you started order omega xl right now get a second bottle for free if you go to omegaxl.com slash news that is omegaxl.com slash news back in a minute CNN's Don Lamont, and uh, that's one of my favorite Tucker sayings that he does, just because it's you know it's intentional and it just pisses the media off so much. And uh, our good friend Fredo, uh, they were having a conversation yesterday on CNN, as they do. And although I think it was maybe a month ago that they were mocking the right-wing idea of like, oh, this violence in the streets and oh, these people are calling to defund the police, what's going to happen? They were mocking the idea of riots. Now, all of a sudden, they've got a much different tune about the riots and the fact that the Democrat Party is going to need to say something. Joe Biden is going to need to stand up and say something, not because people are getting injured, not because businesses are burning and people's livelihoods are just perishing uh, in the smoke and the ashes, but because it just it turns out it's really not good for the polls, they say. Watch. I do think that uh, this, what you said, what's happening in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country. And I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will go away. And it's not going to go away. And so 
unless someone comes up with a solution over the next 73 days or 70 so however many days 68 days 68 days so it's not gonna the the problem is not gonna be fixed by then but what they can do and I think maybe Joe Biden may be afraid to do it I'm not sure maybe he won't maybe he is he's got to address it he's got to come out and talk about it he's got to do a speech like Barack Obama did about race He's got to come out and tell people that he is going to deal with the issue of police reform in this country and that what's happening now is happening under Donald Trump's watch and on Donald Trump's watch. And when he is the president, Kamala Harris is the vice president, then they will take care of this problem. But guess what? The rioting has to stop. Chris, as you know, and I know. It's showing up in the polling. Mm -hmm. It's showing up in focus groups. There it is. It is the only thing, it is the only thing right now that is sticking. Huh, that's weird because it's the same freaking people who sat there night after night after night and called them peaceful protesters and enabled these people and used these useful idiots down on the ground who were burning businesses to create and, you know, perpetuate a race war. And now all of a sudden they're concerned, not because people are dying, but because the polls and the focus groups show it. Yeah, well, they can't hide that truth anymore. Uh, you know, last week we had Patty and Mark McCloskey down here for an event mm. right here in Flower Mound. And these people were not Republicans. Yeah. But guess what they are now? Yeah. And you can you saw them speak. Patty hated guns. As a matter of fact, dirty little secret, that little thing she was waving around was mm-hmm. not a functioning firearm. That's what I heard afterward. It was not a, it was not a functioning firearm. But what they did, they moved, removed it out of the, uh, the evidence room and they put a firing pin in it. They disassembled it and, and made it a functional. And she's a very good lawyer. Mm-hmm. She's upset. Yeah. And guess what? She's a gun girl now. So uh, what these guys are starting to realize is that last month was one of the largest months for firearms purchases in the history of this country. Crazy. A lot of these people purchasing firearms are those suburban white mm-hmm. women that they thought that they were just going to easily win. They're concerned about their safety and security. Yeah. So no one is going out and purchasing a firearm so that three or four months from now they can give it away. Right. Yes. To Kamala and Joe yeah. Biden. Say you do, say that comment you just said. Saying you don't like guns is so foreign to me. It's like saying you don't like little puppy dogs. <laughs> I just I can't. I can't it doesn't compute. Those people <laughs> exist, but they don't exist for long because all of a sudden they have that moment, and, and she had that moment when the mob <clears throat> came onto their mm-hmm. private property. I um. I, I think they're, they're exactly right. They thought that their strategy was we're going to show how racist this president, his party and this country ultimately is. And we're the party that's going to make us unracist. Yeah. So they were like sticking to that line and they, they were like, oh, it's perfect. The, you know, the, all the all the protest riots and everything that that, sh- that fits our narrative. Now they're seeing that, hey, people don't Americans don't actually like rioting and people breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't like that after all. So now they're all shifting tune. I saw. Multiple different polls. For one, I don't think that the pollsters know how to poll Trump's base. I don't think they. I don't think they figured it out. I don't. I still don't think they figured it out since 2016. Mm-hmm. They're still like, we don't know, because I think a lot of people feel so shamed 
uh, you know, into into voting for Donald Trump that they're like, nah, I'm not, I'm voting independent or I'm not voting right. at all. They yeah. don't even let, let it be or known. I don't know. Yeah. Or I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Um, but now we're seeing, after all this happened, Trump's gaining in all those battleground states. Mm-hmm. Since the end of the DNC, all those battleground states, Trump's actually making gains. Again, I think the gains are larger than even what they're of seeing. Course. Absolutely. And then, and this is key. I saw another, this was like maybe last week, they did a poll on independence. And Trump was winning, I think, over 10 points in, uh, amongst independents. I was worried about Biden because the first speech I saw him do in Michigan back before he declared, that was aimed right at independence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's out of all the candidates they got thrown out there, he's the one that might have made those people that could jump either way jump over towards Biden. But he's not winning them. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I thought was the strongest about Biden is now looking like that's not a lead at all. Yeah. yeah. So they're in serious trouble now, and CNN, their you know megaphone, is obviously looking at it. Yeah. And if they think that they can control this mob, it's too late. This is Frankenstein's monster that they created. Mm -hmm. And now he's out across the countryside and people are are just absolutely repulsed by what they're saying. You're just an honest, everyday businessman, a businesswoman like the the person that you saw in Kenosha said, my family business is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Burned down to the ground. I had nothing to do with this, but yet this violence came to my doorstep. I actually saw a video of, uh, uh, I think it was a restaurant owner, and all the windows were bashed in, and he was actually yelling at the rioters and said, do you guys want to get Trump reelected? Yeah. Do you want to get Trump reelected? Because that's yeah. what you're going to do right here with this. Yeah. You're going to get Trump reelected with this. I hope history looks back at all of this. When, when, they finally, when everyone finally concedes and, th- and says, okay, this was bad. This was bad for our country. Look what it did. I hope one guy gets a whole lot of credit for it, and that's Keith Ellison. Mm-hmm. I hope that I think I seriously think they're going to yeah. look at that decision to withhold that uh, to withhold the um, police officer body cam footage to withhold that and then to do that to go after a trumped up charge of second second degree murder. I think they're going to say, OK, like this is the moment when everyone freaked out. If they would have released that footage right off the bat, mm-hmm. there would have been a lot of people who would be like, oh, there's a lot more context to this story. Mm-hmm. We don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, 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 his death was bad. And it definitely should have been, you know, they should have looked at that, you know, further and, and, and harshly. But there was a whole lot of stuff that they just didn't want us to know about. Yeah. Never let a good crisis go, go to, to waste. waste. Colonel, what do you think of, uh, what do you make of Don Lemon saying that uh, Joe Biden needs to go out and do a speech like Barack Obama did on race? We don't, we don't need a speech on race. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's that's not going to, to solve this issue. Like, I think that's what the, we've been getting 24 well, seven. Well, that's the all they think. Yeah, we need more speeches on race. The, the, the most racist group in the United States of America, the greatest purveyors of systemic racism is the Democrat Party. Yes. You just look at their history. Yes. So there is no way that they can put a Band-Aid over this sucking chest wound. Uh, they're going to lose and they're going to lose horribly because this group, this mob, they're not going to get under control in the next 68 days. Well, even less than that, because they're about to go into early voting. Mm. So they're staring at their own demise. And, and if they think that they're going to all of a sudden flip a switch and make them stop. Well, everyone's going to play this tape and say, OK, now all of a sudden you want to try to quell this because, you know, it's hurting your electoral chances. Mm. Not going to happen. What do you think, Jason? I, uh, I think that there's a big part of the country that's now waking up and saying, for, for the longest time, the left has called conservatives, Republicans, racist. Go all the way back to LBJ. I hate LBJ. But I can always go back to there. War on poverty. They've been able mm-hmm. to win that culture war by saying, because we believe a different way to build people up, mm-hmm. 
um, from poverty somehow makes us racist. Mm -hmm. Now their their plan was like, oh no, we want a larger government. We just we're going to hand out these. Uh, we're going to ha give handouts, not to build them up, but to keep them down. Keep them down. Mm -hmm. And that is the craziest like mind switch, mind screw I've ever seen in my life. They've been able to get away with that. We're the racist ones because we want people yeah. to rise up on their own, yeah. you know, and to stay out and to yeah. prosper and to continue on. But no, they're the compassionate ones because they want to hold people down. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely insane. That is the soft bigotry of their low expectations. And it, what was so funny, the very first press release from the Texas Democrat Party after I won the race to be chairman, I was called a racist. <laughs> Gotta love it. So I'm thinking, love it. dude, do you even know what I look like? <laughs> I don't think so. But, but, but that's their, that's their fail safe. Yeah. When they feel threatened, when they know that their backs are against the wall, when they're cornered, you're racist yeah. to try to get you to shut up. Uh, speaking of the stark contrast between the two parties, up next we have the RNC convention night two. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. The second night of the Republican National Convention was largely about highlighting America as the land of opportunity. Uh, we saw some immigrants get uh, naturalized. Uh, there were some ceremonies with that. We saw a reformed, what was he, a, a, a bank robber? Mm-hmm. Um, we and turned a you know Christian law-abiding citizen. Uh, we saw him get pardoned. Um, it was it was really highlighting just kind of the the contrast between the way that the Democrats see America and the way that uh, the Republicans still see America as the land of opportunity. We had Abby Johnson also who went on stage and gave a, an amazing amazing testimony, yeah. uh, pro-life testimony. We had uh, Nick Sandman who was just, God bless Nick Sandman. He's, I mean, he's, look at him. He's so adorable. And he, uh, he's he rich. Gets, he is okay. Rich. And he's rightfully rich. so. And say, rightfully so. Please get in my face and bang we, a drum. Please, yeah. okay. We had, I, I should have said we had, uh, <laughs> we had Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon's boss, Nick Sandman. <laughs> on the RNC right. last night. Uh, but he gave a great speech about uh, cancel culture coverage mm -hmm. and how the media is wrong to do that. And then we had the elegant and graceful Melania Trump who talked about all of the racial unrest going on and uh, how we needed to look towards the future instead of, uh, instead of really pitting yourself against the other side. Here's a little bit of her speech. Like all of you, I have reflected on the racial unrest in our country. It is a harsh reality that we are not proud of parts of our history. I encourage people to focus on our future while still learning from our past. We must remember that today we are all one community comprised of many races, religions, and ethnicities. Our diverse and storied history is what makes our country strong, and yet we still have so much to learn from one another. With that in mind, I like to call on the citizens of this country to take a moment, pause, and look at things from all perspectives. I urge people to come together 
in a civil manner so we can work and live up to our standard American ideals. I also ask people to stop the violence and looting being done in the name of justice and never make assumptions based on the color of a person's skin. Instead of tearing things down, tearing things down let's reflect on our mistakes, be proud of our evolution, and look to our way forward. Now, a reasonable, sane person would listen to that and be like, wow, that's a pretty inspiring thing to say. But, uh, you know, we're dealing with the left. So just a few, just a few reactions from the left for, for you guys here. Bette Midler, uh, be best is back. A huge bore. She can speak several words in a few languages. Get that illegal alien off the stage. Oh, God, she still can't speak English, which is weird because I feel like they're the ones who constantly call Republicans xenophobic mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, racist, little bit xenophobic and racist uh, racism coming from Bette Midler. And then and then, of course, Kathy Griffin, very quickly, uh, at least it was very simple minded. It just said, seriously, F this B. So uh, also very feminist of her to speak yeah. that way about a woman. 100 years of women's suffrage and yeah. uh, this is what you get. Yes. But see, this is that chair picking. You know, we, we like certain women, the, the women that agree with us. We like certain black people, the black people that agree with us or Hispanic or whatever. Mm -hmm. They are the most xenophobic, racist bunch that is out there. And anyone would look at that. Just think, if someone had put tweets out like that, after Michelle Obama spoke? Oh, oh, they would have been blacklisted, canceled, excoriated, never be able to show your face again. You, yeah. you, can, you could barely show your face in public if you said you didn't like Michelle Obama's arms. Yeah. <laughs> Jason. I, I, I don't give a crap about what Hollywood people say at yeah. this point. And what's funny is, again, that's another thing that I think people are starting to wake up from. And like, that's all that they had at their convention. I know, I know, right? It was just Hollywood. Yeah. I know. They, yeah. All of those, I don't know about them specifically, but in general, Hollywood is horrible. Mm -hmm. I've worked in that industry uh, for years and years and years, over a decade. And the, every single one of them, you'll see them virtue signal at award shows or things like this, but you know how they are in real life. And after Weinstein and all that, now you pretty much know that, yeah, they're just ridiculous, but they have chosen a side that lets them virtue signal the most. Not really have a plan for, to do anything, but divert to sound like they have more virtue. virtue. Uh, what, what was interesting to me is I saw a lot of people, actual like journalists, journalists that are clearly not conservative, they were actually... I think they kind of saw the the wisdom they of not realized, taking that. Yeah. They were saying, "Oh, this is the this is the message that Donald Trump should have." Stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it was funny because it uh, really like a week before that or days before that they were criticizing what she did in the Rose Garden. Mm -hmm. But the moment she actually, you know, she came through with this speech, they were like, "Okay, fine. Well, you know, we'll concede, you know, this one yeah. time." Which quite honestly, it is the message that Donald Trump gives. It's just not given in that manner that tone right? yeah right that it's tone. given in in typical donald trump they've had some, uh, they've, tone. Had, they've had some strong uh very strong messaging coming in a lot of the a lot of the women speakers in the, mm -hmm. in the at the rnc have been very great uh that message that molly trump gave was was perfect yes. right on uh kim clasic i can't say enough about that girl yeah. 
uh, everything from her ad, which, okay, you could say, okay, it was an ad, it was scripted, whatever, but then she followed it up again mm -hmm. right afterwards at the RNC. That is the message that Republicans need to be taking mm -hmm. to yes. some of these cities. Yeah. I mean, I don't, there's no argument with it. Nope. There really isn't. Nope. And so we had her, we had, um, there were also some business owners that they showed from, you know, Midwest, Middle America, who were talking about, you know, um, ha having a thriving business. It was just, it was, to me, I, very inspirational, very much what they what they categorized it, which was the land of opportunity. Uh, but here was uh, the mainstream media who, of course, couldn't they, they don't want to see America as that they want to see Republicans uh, focusing on dark and divisive things. And so that was their talking point, And they ran with it. Watch. Let's start with this decision to go dark. Dark, divisive version of America. Dark and distorted version of reality. Dark, dystopian view of America. Dark warning. Dark and sad. Dark and divisive. The first night of the convention, it really took a dark turn. It was yep. very <laughs> ominous. Painting, painting a dark picture. Painting a dark picture. Painting a dark picture. But a lot of people saw a very dark picture. Dark and dystopian. <laughs> Absolutely dark. Dark portion of America. Darkness, doom, and gloom. That's racist. They just called him dark. They just called my former colleague dark. But isn't it amazing? It's like they put a chip in the base of their skull and they yes. open and they all come out and say the exact same thing. Yes. It, it's, it's just incredible to me. You got Tweedledee and Tweedledum over there, Chris Cuomo and, and Don Lemon. Oh, it was so dark as if uh, Joe Biden wasn't the one who went up on stage and literally said there is no miracle coming. <laughs> literally told the American people, hate to break it to you guys, but uh, this is really going to suck and there's no miracle coming. <laughs> oh, man, that's not dark. Or Barack Obama crying, I'm so concerned about my country. Yeah. I weaponized the federal government to go after people for and I spied on everybody. I won't get the chance to do that again. <laughs> that, that's what's so amazing. Everything they criticized Trump over, right, going after, you know, a war on the press. Obama literally had a he war did. on the press. Yes. He had, he had uh, what was it, the IRS and members of the DOJ yeah, actually tailing them. Mm -hmm. And then oh, James Rosen, James yes, Rosen, James that's right, Rosen. over at Fox. Yeah. But that's why it's like every I feel like I'm repeating myself. Uh, I'm a broken record, but it's every day. It's just epic levels of projection by the Democrat Party and the mainstream media painting Republicans as exactly what they prove themselves to be yes. every single time. Every time. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. And, and like I said, they call us racist, but they have the racist history. They call us dark, but when you go out into the streets every night, who's out there creating the havoc and the violence and what have you? You know, the, they went after the Tea Party, call them extremists, racist, terrorists, and everything, but they're silent mm -hmm. on Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and what, what is going on every night all across the United States of America. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm going to lose. I don't recall seeing the Tea Party burning down <laughs> private businesses. That, that's what I was about to say. I, I must have missed that night. I don't know. Uh, all right. We've got more to come. Back in a minute. I mean, the Tea Party did anything at all. A fraction of it. Jason, you kind of referenced this uh, this case earlier, but uh, new court documents have uncovered two memos dated May 26th and June 1st that suggest that Chief Hennepin County Medical Examiner Dr. Andrew Baker concluded that George Floyd, remember him? That feels like 10 million years ago that we were talking about George Floyd. But remember, George, the George Floyd death was uh, kind of the uh, what what 
caused all of these following riots to happen, race riots. Uh, this concluded that George Floyd likely died from a fentanyl overdose and found, quote, no physical evidence suggesting that he died of asphyxiation. Uh, the memo read, Andrew Baker said that if Mr. Floyd had been found dead at in his home or anywhere else and there were no other contributing factors, he would conclude that it was an overdose death in the memo dated June 1st. Now, this is obviously contrary to uh, the Armed Forces Medical Examiner and the final conclusion by Hennepin County that Floyd's death was a homicide, which said his death was caused by police subdual and restraint in the setting of severe hypertensive uh, cardiovascular disease and methamphetamine and fentanyl intoxication. Um, but, you know, I, I guess really what it comes down to is it would be nice, Colonel, if we could wait until we see all of the facts play out instead of burning down Minneapolis and a whole bunch of other cities mm -hmm. that followed. And now we see, oh, wait, it may not be as clear cut as this white guy just killed this black guy. He must be super racist. Let's destroy the country. But the facts are not what matters to the to the left. It is everything that they can use to leverage their ideological agenda and cause all the <laughs> unrest that we're seeing out in the streets. And more and more people in the United States of America are seeing that. Mm -hmm. They are the first ones that are always going to rush toward a judgment. So this young man, you know, there in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, now is a white supremacist. Kid right. might be a straight A student, right. but he was out there doing his civic duty to protect, you know, private property and businesses and things of that nature. So that's what we're dealing with here. And the great thing is that we have people like Jason that are out there and people like you that are, you know, hunting down that truth and getting it out there for people to, to see and understand. And again, I just think you're going to see an incredible uh, victory uh, at the at the ballot box because you may not like Donald Trump. But you don't want to see lawlessness, uh, a lack of law and order, and the rule of the mob in your streets. Yeah, I hope you're right, Jason. I think this, this is, it's weird because it's conflicting with some of the other, you know, medical examiner uh, reports. Typically what I find in- Certainly case, though, I mean, it's, that's, if you're the defense, right, you're like, this is uh, reasonable doubt right here. For sure, and I, I think that Usually in cases like this, it's probably a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't happy with how the cop uh, no. wasn't responding mm -hmm. to you know his verbal uh, complaints. Mm -hmm. um, but then when we saw the full body cam footage, it was clear that it wasn't cut and dry. Right. That he was fighting with them before. You know, he, he, there was a lot of things that were just odd mm -hmm. uh, about that case. I, I think for sure this goes towards again. There's no way that Ellison gets second degree murder. I just don't see how it happens. Like, I mean, I just don't see how it happens. You gotta, you gotta wonder. Some people are saying, well, he wants to push, you know, to really make sure that, you know, that they get punished for what they did. Others would say, well, he's probably pushing it so far, knowing that he's not going to get it, and then he's going to have another second wave of craziness to right. Mm -hmm. Which is, which leads me to really my question, and I know we were talking a little bit off air about this, but that's what I have to keep coming back to in my head is that there can't possibly be any other reason for Ellison to go for these trumped up charges knowing he's not going to get them other than I know I'm not going to get these and when I don't this will just help fuel the fires of all of these race wars which seems to be their ultimate goal I think right? well I I th I th 
Yeah, I, like I said before, I, I think that they thought this was a winning strategy. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted to like drive the dagger home that everyone, all of us were racist, mm-hmm. you know. And see, look, everyone's finally rising up, and that was going to they were going to ride that wave on into uh, you know in, into November. Now they're saying, oh, oh crap, that maybe that was not a good idea. Yeah. Um, why else would he hide that body cam footage? He was like, because it would, his actual excuse was he, he didn't want to release it because he didn't want it to, was it uh, influ- or hurt the uh, prosecution? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sorry, but like, every other case I've seen, they've released yeah. the full, it didn't hurt the prosecution at all to actually see the evidence. Yeah. Right. It's like. And that should cause him to lose his license because you're withholding exculpatory evidence. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that, that's a serious crime. Yeah. If, if he knew of this evidence, but he willfully, you know, held it back for his own, you know, purpose and case. So, again, you know, if Donald Trump is successful and this stuff continues on into a second term, you know, he's got a mandate to to make it go away. Because that's the American people saying that we reject this mob rule. We reject this violence. So, Mr. President, you got four more years so that you can fix this. You got four more years to make sure that we're not defunding our police, Mm -hmm. that we're defending our police. So it will be very interesting to see the post-November reaction because, you know, these folks out there keep hearing the polls say Joe Biden's winning. The polls say Joe Biden's winning. Then all of a sudden it's going to come out, okay, Donald Trump wins by nine or ten percentage points. Right. What are they going to do? Well, there's there are new polls. We didn't have a chance to really get into this, but uh, there were new polls that I mean, I think, Jason, you alluded to it earlier, but uh, the polling average shows that it's really tightening. Uh, the race is tightening. Joe Biden is, is certainly not running away with it. His 2020 lead is now narrower than Clinton's was mm-hmm. in 2016. And we all know how that worked out for Hillary Clinton. Within the margin of error of what I've seen in most of these mm-hmm. battleground states, which before, before, it was funny, before the TNC, they were outside the margin of error, apparently running away with it yeah. in some of these states. I, I can't remember, maybe you have, Colonel, after a DNC, the opposite, or the, after a convention, the opposite candidate yes. getting a boost. Yeah. Is that what? No, I've no. never seen that. Well, that's how out of touch they were. And then I think also, if I'm correct, a lot of these polls are registered voters, not most likely voters, yeah. which is another telltale. Point. That's mm. a great point. Yeah. So you mean to tell me you think it's possible that maybe all of these people who are maybe registered to vote who are like burning down buildings or, I don't know, like sitting at home being keyboard warriors on their Twitter accounts might not actually show up to the polls. That's a possibility. That's why they want to mail a ballot to them Mm -hmm. and then later on harvest those ballots (laughs) (laughs) so that they can do whatever. And remember, the the, uh, county clerk, great thing to research, the county clerk down in Harris County, the largest county in the state of Texas, is the treasurer of the Texas Democrat Party. Mm. And what did he just send uh, to uh, to the governor? He wants an extension of results being turned in after election day. Oh, really, already? Yeah. Huh. And they're spending $12 million in Harris County on mail-in ballots. Great thing y'all can look into. That's happening right here in Texas. Oh my God. Wow, wow. Chris Hollins, that's his name. Treasurer of the Texas Democrat Party was appointed the county clerk for Harris County. Wow. I have a feeling we might have No conflict have a, of interest. No, yeah, gosh, no. Nothing to see here, people. I have a feeling <laughs> we might be seeing a, uh, a Glenn Beck chalkboard special on that one. All right, back in a minute. Jeez. Wow. Projection. I keep saying.
All right. Uh, yesterday's poll question, who had the best speech at night one of the RNC? You guys said Maximo Alvarez, the Cuban immigrant and American businessman. He won 36.6%, followed closely by Herschel Walker, 29.6%, uh, Tim Scott at 279 and Trump Jr., at 5.9 that was there was just something about the emotion that was coming through yeah. in his speech that was just it oh i just it makes my hair stand up uh on end just thinking about it today's poll who had the best speech at night two of the <laughs> rnc that is really original guys i didn't see that one coming uh your options are nick sandman uh first lady melania trump abby johnson or Senator Rand Paul. That's going to be a difficult one. Uh, I would say all the, the first three. But you know who is a sleeper that people aren't talking about? Ooh. That young attorney general from Kentucky. Yes. Yeah, he was great. He was a sleeper. He was yeah. really great. What do you think, Jason? It's hard to, I don't know, it's, it's hard. Uh, I was so into Melania's. Maybe just because I'm a writer myself. So yeah. a speechwriter really brought it home on that one. Yeah. Abby Johnson, though. Was, yeah, I mean, yeah. that testimony yeah, for pro-life was really powerful. But I'm also eight months pregnant, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not that the hormones are doing anything there. <laughs> <laughs> why am I crying at all of these? Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.